Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I am excited about another opportunity to be on with you, to talk to you about living your dreams, having greater success, and finding new wealthy ways for your life to be expanded and to grow your success both personally and professionally. Well, you know you have only just a minute, as I do, only 60 seconds in it. Forced upon us, we can't refuse it. We didn't seek it. We didn't choose it. But it's up to us to use it. We must suffer if we lose it. Give account if we abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but our eternities all wrapped up in it. And so this minute, this moment, this opportunity is a great time for me to speak to you about the things that are important in life and important in your long-term wealth-building success-principled ideas. So I start first as I recommend people. You started the foundation, and I started my foundation with you, my faith. I give God glory for Everything. Now, that, and I say that really openly, that that includes the challenges, the difficulty. I'm, I'm, I'm growing as a result of them. So I continue to have challenges. Uh, every level, there's a new challenge. You know, uh, it's like going to school. The challenges that you, you faced in first grade are nothing compared to the none, ones you're going to get in second grade, but they're nothing to the ones you're going to get in 12th grade. But if you don't go through those challenges at each level, you'll never get to your pinnacle. So this is why I am grateful for every time I get an opportunity to give God glory and thank him for life and strength and health. Thank him for another opportunity to be here in the land of the living. I tell people often in the mornings when I'm on my way to the gym or if I'm at a speech, I'll tell people, good morning. Did you hear I won the lottery today? And they'll say, really? How much you win? I say, no, I didn't win any money today. I woke up this morning and I have the capacity to Start to transform my life by my actions. So I'm grateful for every day and I give God glory. Now, I want to thank all of you who have made this show the number one self-help motivational show in America. I want to thank those who have come on as sponsors, whoever you hear sponsoring this show, support them, please. And then I want to also thank you for sharing not only that we've got the show that people are tuning into all over America and around the globe, but also now we've got it on podcast. That's right. We got the show on podcast. We repurpose all these incredible interviews, these great people I interview. We repurpose 
episode on podcast. Now, we're excited that now the podcast has been extended, expanded, extended, expanded, and extended to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now Sweet C-Suite Radio, C-Suite Radio, where my friend Jeff Hazlett is the CEO. So you can get my podcast numerous places and go and hear some of these great, incredible thinkers. A couple of last two things, and then I'm going to bring on this incredible guest I got. I got one of the best for you today. But I'm excited about the marriage book that so many people have bought it and have told their friends about it, as well as the audio of the book, the audio book, the uh, live audio, the workbook. So Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last is the name of the book, and it is doing really great, and I'm grateful for it. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you wherever you are. I'm encouraging you to go to jollymarriage.com. JollyMarriage.com. Get some of the resources we have there, and you can improve and influence your marriage. And then if you're able to, on Monday nights at 9 o'clock, Facebook Live, D and I answer your questions. We talk about ideas and strategies we've used. We interview people. So Monday nights, 9 o'clock, Facebook Live with Happily Married Mondays. Last but not least, my new book, An Attitude of Excellence, is out and is blowing up. It was featured in Forbes a couple weeks ago. I want to encourage you to go to attitudeofexcellence.com. Learn the principles that we share in this book, the principles that I have been blessed to learn from folks like Alan Mulally, the former CEO of Ford, Stephen Covey. Both of them wrote the testimonials and the forewords for my book, as well as uh, we've got so many other principles from Ford, how I worked with Ford in 2006, 2007, 2008. They were able to reject a government bailout in 2009, go from losing a million dollars to making a billion dollars. What did they do? What did I learn? And what can I share with you in this book that will transform your life and your business and your people? So attitudeofexcellence.com, get copies for everybody on your team because everybody needs them on a team-minded mentorship program of great attitude and great excellence. Speaking of excellence, speaking of great attitude, speaking of being incredibly transformational, let me tell you about my guest today. Y'all know him. I don't think I've had a season uh, on this show. I've been on now for 11, 12 years where I haven't asked him to be on. And most seasons he's been on, unless he's just like wiped out crazy with his schedule. But every time, and and every time it's just an illuminating, uplifting, encouraging experience. You know him as the best-selling author of a number of books. He was a writing partner and master trainer for the prestigious Napoleon Hill Foundation. He's on the faculty of Clark Atlantic University School of Business Administration. He is a recipient of the Dale Carnegie Personal Achievement Award. He received his B.A. from the University of Oklahoma, M.A. and doctorate from Northwestern University, where he studied wealth in poverty in undeveloped countries, and that's why he's so focused on helping people to overcome wealth-limiting thinking. He is, uh, in uh, 2005, the National Black NBA Association presented him with the uh, H. Naylor Fitzhugh Award, recognizing him as one of the top professors and thinkers in the nation. He has studied the methodologies of Napoleon Hill, the author of the phenomenal international 1930s bestseller, Think and Grow Rich. 
and he decided to do what Hill had done. He developed a survey to use among peak performers in black America, and he learned that there was no... Uh, that Napoleon Hill had wanted to do the same thing, but he ran out of time. He died before he could get it finished. And my friend and this guest took those manuscripts, worked them over, did more research, and created a book called Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Yeah, you know who I got on today. The one and only Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. My brother, my brother, my brother! (laughs) Hell of an introduction, Willie. Oh, my goodness. You talk about over the top. I am blessed and highly favored. Well, man, <laughs> let me tell you something, Dennis Kimbrough. You are a bad man. That's why I had to take that introduction. <laughs> you are a you are a living legend, an icon who has done it, man. I mean, now let me tell you something for folks to know cuz they they need to know our relationship, our history. Um when I started speaking, and that's 27, 28 years ago now. And I wrote my first book. It only takes a minute to change your life. I knew nothing about publishing. I just happened to have gotten a book deal. And uh, I'm grateful for that. I called a friend of mine, Marlon Smith, the great motivator, and I said, I need advice. Can you hook me up with Dennis Kimbrough? <laughs> and so he said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll make the connection. He made the connection, and I called Dennis Kimbrough, and he gave me such wise counsel about how to do interviews, how to save my money, my, my advance, don't blow it on getting anything. Take that money to, to, to invest in PR and marketing and, and promotion. And I did what Dennis said do, and the book became a bestseller, and I have since become good friends with him, and we've even had the honor of touring together with the Money Wise tour. So it's not this is not a casual relationship, okay? <laughs> so we go way back and come way forward. There huh? you go. So I gave them the the quick synopsis in the next couple of minutes. Where did I leave out? What did I leave out about Dennis Kimbrough? Where he's from? What you know his background? Man, Willie, I am honored, and uh, I cherish every time that I get a chance to talk and to be in your presence. And that's right. The last time we did physically get together was the Money Wise tour with uh, Calvin Boston. Yes. we got to go back and do that again. Because, we got to do that. I mean, with the circumstances, not so much has changed. I mean, you're, you're an expert on wealth and everything. You know the data surrounding folks. All you had to do was see the government shut down and the masses of people who, I mean, forget one paycheck away from disaster. But the overwhelming majority of people in this country, really, when as soon as they get up in the morning, they are in survival mode. In survival, right from the start. Yeah, let me get through this day. Forget, you know, where I'm going to be next week, next month, and hit my goals and objectives. They are in full survival mode. And you can't live that way. Your creator did not put you on the planet to live that way. You know, you started out by saying, you know, you know, talking about challenges and and whatever, how you hit the lottery and you're blessed to get up in the morning. And what is a challenge? It's really not a challenge. It's, you know, the Bible says, seek understanding. Mm. In other words, there's something about this that I really don't understand. And it's all about the life that we live right now. You heard me say this journey called life, Willie, is nothing but a classroom. Mm. Unlike any classroom that we ever entered, Why? Because we're not only a student, but we're the teacher. Wow. So as I tell my kids every Tuesday and Thursday when I step in my classroom, teach yourself well. Wow. Teach yourself well. 
you know, I get a number of speaking engagements, and arguably one of the, I guess, most memorable engagements I ever had, Willie, um, the client pharmaceutical industry. This was one of the top uh, manufacturers in pharmaceuticals. And they called me up. As, as a matter of fact, I called my wife up. And when I got home from class, she said, you got a request, and you're going to love this engagement. I said, okay, well, who's the client? She told me who the client was. And I said, where am I going? She said, you're not going anywhere. It's right here in Atlanta. I said, okay. And I said, uh, what is it they want? They said, well, they're bringing all their district sales managers, flying them in in the southeast region, flying them in here to Atlanta. And what they want, they want a tour of the King Center. And they want you to be the tour guide. And for two hours, they want you to tell them everything you know about Martin Luther King's leadership style that no one else knows. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I said, you're right. I don't even have to prepare for this. We can have this conversation <laughs> right now, man. Because this brother was so far ahead of his time. And the only reason why I brought that up, Willie, because of what you said, you give God the glory. And yes. And Luther King, he lived in the moment. Now, what moment are we talking about? Well, the first thing he did, as soon as he got up in the morning, he did the same thing that Gandhi did. He did the same thing that Nelson Mandela did, because Nelson Mandela called the first hour of the day the golden hour. What are we talking about? Prayer and devotion. Mm. And the last thing that all three of them did, you know, and, and you can look at it, Willie, and talking about great social movements. Great social movements endure because of one trait, one quality, one attribute. Why? They were spiritually centered. Gandhi was spiritually centered. What did Gandhi say? You know, uh, Christian or Jew, Hindu or Muslim, that's not important. The only thing that's important is that God is being worshipped. Wow. Same thing with Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela had a week. You didn't walk off the corner and march with Mandela. No, you had one day a week for prayer and devotion. And then, of course, Martin Luther King. First hour of the day, prayer and devotion. Before he hit, the, hit, hit that head, hit the pillow at night, prayer and devotion. Hold right. that thought. Hold that yep. thought. We're going to come back. I want to I want to know some of the things you taught people in that in that session about Martin Luther King's leadership lessons. I think this is going to be a profound lesson cuz I I tell you this is going to be great. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. My special guest is Dennis Kimbrough and for sure the best is yet to come. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of 
interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I got my special guest, Dr. Dennis Kimball. Hey, Dennis, I really feel good now that I can say Dr. Willie Jolly and Dr. Dennis. And I I got a whole nother respect for uh, those who got that doctorate and earned it because it is a process. It is work. It is hard. It is challenging. It is it is difficult to go and do that dissertation, to do the research. To I mean, it is work, but I'm grateful for that. Look, I don't want to get off of that. That's called, I want to talk about those lessons that you shared with that group of people who went to the King Center about the le- leadership lessons that ML King taught, because you know it better almost than anybody. Go to work. Well, the first thing I did, I gave him a backdrop. I gave him the backflap story on exactly who Martin Luther King was. And I said, first of all, his name wasn't Martin. His name was Michael. His father had the name changed legally when he was eight years old to honor the German theologian. Number two, I mean, he didn't finish high school. I mean, Martin Luther King entered Morehouse at age 15. He skipped the ninth grade, and he skipped the 11th grade. And people said, oh, my goodness, I didn't know that. Well, again, this was 1944. Number three, he got up at the same hour a day, 6.15 in the morning, and ate the same breakfast, coffee, and orange juice. The first hour of the day was prayer and devotion. Now, here's a guy who never earned more than $10,000 over the course of his adult life. But he did win the Nobel Prize, and with that came a cash windfall in excess of $150,000. But he gave every dime back to the movement, except for $10,000. He had to repay his father-in-law for, you know, to pay his income taxes. Willie, in 1958, uh, he gave about 300 speeches in 1958, and he traveled more than 300,000 miles. And I, I told him that when 
Martin Luther King flew, he always flew first class. Wow. Not because he was conceited, not because he was narcissistic, not because he had a huge ego. The only reason why he flew first class is because when he got to the airport and he got to the terminal and he got to the gate and, and the other passengers saw who was going to be on the plane with him, no one wanted to sit next to him. So the pilot and flight attendant say, you know, put his you-know-what up in first class. Right. In 58, he wrote a book. In 1958, he had a presentation at Purdue University. And he gives his 20-minute talk, and he, he receives a standing ovation. And, you know, people bum-rush him and say, Dr. King, those words that you just shared with us are profound. Where did you get that information? And King responded, well, I, I looked at my schedule, and I knew I was coming here to, uh, you know, Lafayette, Indiana, to speak to you. And I just, you know, jotted down a few ideas that I would like to, you know, share with you. He said, well, that is just, I mean, you need to share that, you know. We can't be the only people that can benefit from that. You need to write a book, because if you did write a book, that would be an international bestseller. Well, King stroked his face, and he said, you know what, I'm going to take you up on it. I am going to write a book, and he did write it, and it did become an international bestseller. And true to form, Willie, he gave every dime back to the movement, didn't accept a penny of royalty. Wow. Title of that book was The Measure of a Man. Mm. The Measure of a Man. And in that book, he gave his personal laws for success. So see, here's the thing. And I, I know you think the same way and blah, blah. We All right, we're big time, know it all, public speakers. We go all over and blah, blah, give these keys to success. There's nothing new about the keys to success. King was doing this back in the 1950s. Wow. And before King, like, all right, here's my fifth book, The Wealth Choice. I'm a Johnny come lately. In 1897, W.B. Du Bois did the same thing. He traveled up and down the eastern coast and interviewing black entrepreneurs, asking them for the keys of success, and he even wrote a survey and had them complete the survey. These are the nuances. This is what you need to do. These are the traits. These are the attributes. Well, when you look at King, when you look at his keys for success, top of the list, always live in truth. And that's mm. why he said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Always live in truth. When he, when he launched the Montgomery bus boycott, Willie, King only wanted it for one week. He said, if we can get everybody to march in unison, lockstep, and not ride on that bus, one week, you know, we'll bring him down one, after one week when he saw how much support he had, he said, let's continue this. But he didn't know he was going to win until there was a woman, black woman elderly black woman in his church in Montgomery. And she always sat in the front row. And her name was Miss Pollard. And Miss Pollard, she would always critique King's sermons and everything. And one time, you know, he gave a sermon. He wasn't his usual self. And after the church was over walking out the sanctuary, he goes up and he says, he says, Dr. King, you, you want your usual self today, Pastor? Is there anything wrong? And she said, no, Miss Pollard, I just been ripping and running with this movement and everything. And she said, well, Pastor, come by my house. I got to give you a good Sunday dinner and blah, blah, blah. He loved Miss Pollard, elderly woman. Here's a woman, Willie, should have been retired. Yeah. She was still working. Hmm. Because in Montgomery, Alabama in the 1955s, listen to this, the average African-American only made 15 to $20 a week in 1955. Wow. Well, halfway through the boycott, here's Miss Pollard. Now, she's in the early 70s and still working. She leaves work, 
she's walking down the streets of Montgomery. She has to stop by the supermarket and get something for dinner. So she has a purse in one hand, carrying all these groceries and walking home from her job. And a bus driver, white bus driver, the bus is inching along as she's walking. He opens up the door and he says, ma'am, uh, you, you look sort of tired. Do you want to get on the bus? And she's as uh, she's walking, carrying her bag. No, sir, I'm fine. And then, you know, he's inching along and everything said it's mighty hot out here today ma'am and you know you're you're up in age and she says no no i'm i'm fine he continues to inch along and he says ma'am all you got to do is get on the bus and i'll take you home you got to be tired and miss pollard says yes yes my feet are tired but my soul and spirit is rested mm. when king heard that story he says there's no quit he knew that they were going to win that boycott. Wow. Always live in truth and never violate the laws. Mm. What are the laws that King talked about, Willie? He's talking about, you know, human nature. He's talking about there are, tw there are 20 human values. There are 20 from achievement all the way to wisdom. And sooner or later, you've got to look at these 20, and you've got to come up with the one value that you're going to live by. And you knew that. Why? Yeah. Your book is on excellence. Yeah. What is the one value that you absolutely refuse to compromise? You said it, excellence. Excellence, that's right. Attitude of excellence. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and Covey told you the same thing, and the CEO Ford told you the same thing. Yep, yep. You can't can't compromise on excellence. No. Mediocrity is not a choice. Just like I have in my class, mediocrity is not the standard in this class. No, you can be mediocre someplace else, but damn it, you can't be mediocre here. Hmm. Wow. Number two, yep. King says, look, look for the divinity of mankind. We're all connected, man. Dr. Kimbrough, does that mean I'm a brother's keeper? No, it means you're your brother's brother. I mean, we are all interconnected. And I shared with you the story how W.B. Du Bois, three years that he told Atlanta University, he was university chaplain, and economic students would go in there and think that they were going to discuss supply and demand and net present value. He had none of that. He would read scripture for an hour. Really? He would read scripture for an hour. So when I heard that story almost 20 years ago, in my class, the first handout, only before I even give my students a syllabus, you know, I give them the four greatest prayers. And invariably, Willie, I'll get a student say, what in the world has this got to do with business? And I said, not a damn thing. <laughs> but I've been around the block. I'm an, I'm an old, you know, I'm an old lion. I'm a gray hair. I'm a gray beard. I've been around the block. And if you chase your dream, one day, you might find yourself on your knees. And when you get down there, here's some excellent reading material. The mm. four greatest prayers. Number one, Willie, is uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, right. who art in heaven. Wow. He didn't say, the, didn't say the black father, the white father, the Asian father, the gay father, the straight father. Our Father. Willie, the bottom line, what is King talking about? You don't judge anybody. You don't judge people. You relate to them. Everybody's in the judging business, man. <laughs> Come right, on, you, right, right. You, what are you looking for? You relate to people, okay? <laughs> Number two, the Beatitudes. Mm. When, when the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, what in the world does that mean? Does that mean that me and Willie, we got into a fight, and now we hug, and we say, brother, I'm sorry, let's make peace? No. It means blessed are those who have peace of mind. Mm. Willie, your entire life is spent on that, showing people how to develop peace of mind. Wow. What's peace of mind? The absence of all negative attitudes. 
Wow. Fear, anger, jealousy, hatred. What do you say in your book? Your, your, your book, Setback as a Setup. Setup for a Comeback, yep. Wow. Peace of mind. You will not be wealthy. You will not be successful without peace of mind. Wow. Without peace of mind. The third, Mother Teresa. What did Mother Teresa say? People will tear down on a day what took you years to build, build anyway. Yes. Because in the final analysis, it's never between you and them. It's always between you and God. Right, right, right. Where do we get dreams from? Dreams come from our creator, knocking on our subconscious. Do you want more out of life? Mm. What else did King talk about? Never engage in any type of work or vocation that you don't believe in. He wrote, uh, he gave a speech in Philadelphia to junior high school students called Life's Blueprint. Life's Blueprint. In other words, why are you here? What is going to be your work? You know, if you didn't show up at this particular hour in time, would the world miss you? Wow. What would the world miss if you didn't show up and share your 30,000 days on Earth? And I tell my students the same thing Steve Jobs says. Steve Jobs gives us four reasons why to be in business, Willie, and not one has got to do with money. Wow. What were they? Number one, mm -hmm. don't build a business. Build a movement. Mm. Build a movement. And I know between, you know, between me and you, Think and Grow Richard Black Choice, right. 27, 20, that's a movement. Right. That's right. About, about, what, three weeks ago, I'm walking down campus, young brother comes up to me and he says, man, I can't believe you're here, man. I'm reading this book, this, that, and everything, man. I'm telling everybody to go ahead and get this book, this, blah, 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 blah. He said, will you autograph for me? He thought the book was published like a year ago. I said, the book is older than you. <laughs> Willie, he was a sophomore, junior. I said, son, the book is 27, 28 years old. Wow. Hold Bill, that thought. Hold that thought. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick break, for, and we're going to get the rest of these Steve Jobs points, because this is awesome. <laughs> this is Dr. Dennis Kimbrough on the Willie Jolly Show, the Dr. Willie Jolly Show. We'll be right back for sure. The best is yet to come. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. And we're back with Dr. Dennis Kimbrough on the Dr. Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. Dennis is telling us so much information. One of the things he's saying are the four things about building success that he got from Steve Jobs. What are they, Dennis? Number one was, look, don't yeah. build a business, build a movement. Come on. Build a movement. Number, number two, fulfill the dreams of your client. Mm. Fulfill the dreams of your client. You know, it's not about you. It's what you can do for others, man. Service is the price you pay for the space you occupy. And as I tell my students, I mean, uh, I don't care if you're holding a cardboard sign on the street corner saying, I will work for food. you got the same opportunity as Steve Jobs. you got the same opportunity of Oprah Winfrey. you got the same opportunity of Willie Jolly. Why? Anybody can wow the customer. Right. 
Anybody can do more than what is expected, more than what is required. Look, anybody can go the extra mile. Fill your client's dreams, man. And you're a public speaker, and you always know when you hit a home run, Willie, when you're on that stage, when the client comes up to you and say, man, it's over with, I could listen to you forever. Yep, I've had that happen. Whoa, man. I've had it happen. I can't believe it was that short, man. Yep. Number three, make it easy for people to do business with you. What is Steve Jobs talking about, Willie? There are 21 different ways to market or sell a product or service. 21. I mean, you may not have to be involved in all different 21 venues. I mean, what are the four P's, product, price, price, and promotion? You may not be involved in all 21, but you may choose number one, which is word of mouth. Right. You may choose number four, which is advertising on a bench at a bus stop. You may choose number seven, which is advertising on a truck. Or you may choose number 21, which is Internet. Why? Because 89% of Americans are online but make it easy wherever the four clients get get in touch with you. And then last but not least, Willie, this is critical. If you can't, you know, use the first three, building a movement, fulfilling the dreams, make it an easy. Number four, which is your life's work, Willie, is professional development, total craft mastery. Mm. If you can't work on your dream and vision, work on yourself. Wow. Work on yourself. Work period. on yourself. That's the truth. That absolute yeah. truth. That's the truth. That's right. Here it is, February, and I got seniors coming in, bum rushing me. Don't come on, man. Graduating in May. I don't have an offer yet, man. Blah blah blah. This, that, and everything. I need a job. I said, pump the brakes, son. You do have a job. I do. Yeah. Continuous growth and professional development. The biggest room in the world is the room for per, uh, for improvement. Come on, son. Yeah. It's yeah. always a room for us to get better. Oh yeah. Continuous growth, personal and professional development. When you are the best at what you do, there are two things you never have to worry about. Number one, you never have to worry about employment. Why? The marketplace will seek you out. And number two, you never have to worry about income. That is the bottom, and it's all based on professional development. When Steve Jobs was about 15, 16 years old, his father said, Steve, i got a, a job for you. i got a task for you. He said, sure, Dad, what is it? He said, I want you to paint the fence around the house. He said, paint the fence around the house? Yes, Steve, uh, there needs to be a fresh paint of white, fresh coat of white paint. He goes out there, paints the fence. Two weeks later, his father said, Steve, remember when I gave you that project? Did you complete it? He said, yeah. He said, let me go out here and inspect your work. So he goes out there and he says, Steve did a hell of a job. I didn't think it was going to be this good. You hit a home run. Steve, as you say, Willie, you're committed to excellence. I am so impressed. But one thing, Steve, what's that, Dad? You didn't paint the inside. And Steve Jobs says, the inside of the fence? Yeah, you didn't paint the inside. And Steve says to his father, but who's going to see the inside of the fence? And his father said, we will. Wow. Now, what a great metaphor for life. That's right. Because 20 years later, here he is, the CEO of Apple Computer, calls in his product designers, calls in his systems engineers, and said, we're going to build a laptop computer, and it's going to be state-of-the-art. It's going to be second to none. No one can touch it. And when the consumer opens up our computer, it'll be so pristine and so colorful that it's going to cause a tear to appear. And his designer said, Steve, who in the world's going to look at it inside of a computer? And Steve Jobs said, we will. Go the extra mile. Wow. Do more than what is expected. 
Willie, I could go on and on and on, but a couple more about King. This is the same thing Nelson Mandela. Always decide what is right before you worry about what's possible. Mm. What is right and what is possible? How old was Martin Luther King when he wrote Letter from a Birmingham Jail? He was 34 years old. 34 years old, didn't have Google, didn't have a laptop. There wasn't a single book in that jail. He wrote it on toilet paper. He wrote it on the margins of newspaper. Are you Let, serious? Yeah. Wow. 34 years old. Why? Because he knew what was possible when we all lined up together. So, you know, there it is. And wow. this is a, a, a timely reference point. Willie, you come to my house, and I've shared this whole first floor of my house is my study. I got books out the kazoo, but if you sit at my computer, I got about 25 to 35 books that have a profound impact on my life. I got, you know, the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. I got uh, Stephen Covey's book. I got, uh, one time I had my mother's Bible. Here my mother had a seventh grade education and she read her Bible for growth and development. And when she made her transition, all three of my daughters wanted that Bible. Well, we go by the pecking order. The, uh, the oldest, Kelly, is my oldest. You get the Bible, girl. You pass it down to the other two. Right. But one of the books right there is, you know, Martin Luther King. You know, it's really an anthology of all his speeches, and I still dip into that for growth and development. Wow. So that's a powerful metaphor for life, man. Man, well, look, look, you know, we are we are excited about the, the principles that you share so often about excellence and, and how you've talked about that in your books and your programs and how you're encouraging people, one, to dream the big dream, to think the big thought. Don't think just minor thinking, but major thinking, but also to Act in a professional and an excellent way that you will develop a reputation for excellence that will pave a path for you in front of you. I was on an interview the other day, and a guy said, well, what's the secret to your success? I said, well, I'm going to give you an analogy. Last year, I assumed that uh, last year who won the, uh, the, the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. Okay, now they won. Let's say we've got a new owner of the Warriors came in today and we got breaking news on all the news uh, news channels that uh, the new owner said, I am now the owner. I bought the team and I want to start again. I want to do my own thing. And he fired Steph Curry and uh, Durant and the coach. How long do you think it'd be before they get another job? Nanosecond. <laughs> Nanosecond. Yep. Why would that be? Because they have a reputation for excellence. So what yep. Dennis just said is, if you create a reputation for excellence, whatever you do, do it with such an excellence. MLK said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he's a sweet streets like Michelangelo yep. painted, like Beethoven composed music, like Shakespeare wrote poetry, he should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven will say, there lives a great street sweeper mm -hmm. who has done their job well. He gave us a principle right in that little quote about being excellent. And so I want to say to everybody, if you got an opportunity, you should have Think and Grow Richard Black Choice. And, and, <laughs> and, and oh, but you, you, you can't stop there. You can't stop with Think and Grow Richard Black Choice. No, no, no. <laughs> you got to get some of other books by Dennis Kimbrough. Uh, let's see. We got, uh, I got one in my hand right now. It's called uh, The Wealth Choice, Success Secrets for Black, uh, black Millionaires. But we got What Makes the Great, Great. Come on, what's some of the other ones, Kid Dennis? 
Oh, yeah, Daily Motivations for African-American Success, What Keeps Me Standing, Letters from Black Grandmothers. So I, I tried to cover the gamut. <laughs> Man, you have done it. Well, this book, uh, The Wealth Choice, is phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. Wow. And if people who have, I have, I have had more people who've heard the first interview we did some years ago when that book came out and have called me and said, thank you. Thank wow. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for telling me about on your show about Dennis Kimbrough's book, uh, the wealth, the, the wealth choice. It is phenomenal. So for those who might not know what it's all about or, or what is, what is, give them a cup, a couple of, of the basics that come out of this book that you learned, not just something you sat around one day and twiddled your thumbs and thought about. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, before we do that, hold, 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 before we do that, I got to tell a story. I got to tell one more story. Okay. I tell about you. And uh, then we'll go to break and then I'll come back. This story I tell about Dennis Kimbrough that I have shared many times, many, many, many times. Uh, some years ago when, uh, I had just met Dennis. Uh, I heard him speak at an event. Now, this was a day full of speakers. Now, the first speaker who got up that day, I, I was intrigued by the guy because he talked about how he had made millions and millions of dollars and how he had a, had a perfect family. His wife was great. His children were great. His company was booming and busting. And I mean, he, I was taking notes. How, well, what he's telling me, how he got all of this. And, and he finished speaking, and everybody gave him a, a great clap. But then Dennis Kimbrough came up and started speaking. And he talked about the principles of life. But he also talked about his challenges. He talked about how one day he was uh, at home working on his, his... He had finished his book. He was preparing for the first book to come out. And it goes dark. Dark! House is dark. Lights are out because he had to pay the electric bill. But he's waiting for the money to come in. He the publisher say, I'm sending you a check. He's waiting for the money. And his daughters, three little girls, come up to daddy, 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 daddy. Where, why the lights are? He said, baby, baby, uh, y'all play hide and go seek. I, I got to make a run. He goes downtown to the uh, electric company quick as he can. He gets there and he sees a black woman over there with gray hair. He walks over to her and says, ma'am, here's my situation. I, I'm, I, I'm, I have a, a, a new book I've been working on for a number of years, and it has, it has impacted my income. But I finally got a publisher who has bought the book and is sending me a check. My lights went out today. I need my lights on. I got three little girls at home, and, and, and my wife is working as hard as we can to, to keep things together. I just need a little time. The lady looked at him, and she could see the sincerity in his eyes. And she went on that, on that computer, did a little something, or wherever, and... Yep. Turn them lights on. She said, you got about two weeks, baby. And he went home <laughs> and he said, of course, within the two weeks, the money came in. He said, he said, that's the challenge of being excellent, putting, investing in yourself by not always going after the quick dollar, but going after what needs to be done to be excellent and creating greatness. I wrote that book. I, I sacrificed a lot to write that book. The book became a bestseller. And so I tell people that story. Here's the kicker. Though. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. I say afterwards now, I, I, I remember the, the first guy's notes, but I don't remember his name. I don't know who he is, but I remember the second guy. His name is Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. He wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich, Your Black Choice. And it changed my life. That story, because he didn't just tell me 
how everything was perfect. My life wasn't perfect. My kids ain't perfect. My my marriage, we had to work to get to get to a, a, be able to have a, a happy, healthy marriage. We had to work. It's a struggle. It's a fight. It's a it's a challenge. You got to work through building a great career. It ain't no soap dish kind of tiddly willy. It's work. And that's what Dennis Kimball, man, every time I tell that story, people clap and I say, go get his books. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back and Dr. Dennis Grimble is going to lay it out for you. He's going to give you the tips from this book, The Wealth Choice. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for sure, your best is yet to come. Life had enough ups and downs. But Lord, since I met you, since I met Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech. And I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. No more. I'm letting. I'm letting him out. I'm letting. I'm letting like a a racehorse who riding down and 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 the jockey say, "Go, just do your thing. Go to work, Dennis." (laughs) 
Well, Willie, I hope I can live up to it, man. But yeah, you you wrapped your arms and you wrapped your mind, your thoughts around the wealth choice. And what I am extremely proud about, the fact is, okay, prior to this book, there was no empirical data on black millionaires. I mean, you got 50 million books out here today on millionaires, but they're all using recent survey information. Well, when it comes to black millionaires, there was no information. No one knew, you know, all the uh, the empirical and the data regarding black millionaires. But I can tell you this. The year I was born in 1950, there were 100,000 millionaires in the United States. Only five were black. And I interviewed those five black, you know, millionaires. Today, you know, uh, I guess IRS and Census Bureau, they're saying by 2020, in one more year, Willie, there will be about 20 million millionaires. There's anywhere between 11 and 13 million uh, millionaires right now. But only 35,000 are African-American. Wow. So what I did in my MBA class years ago, I wrote a survey, and I threw it out to my MBA students, and I said, are these questions on the mark? If you were sitting here with a room full of uh, black millionaires, what questions would you want to ask? And they put the polish, and they put the spin around my survey. I had a 118-question survey. Number two. I used six focus groups around the country. If you were an African-American and you weren't a millionaire, you didn't get into this focus group. The first focus group, because of, uh, you know, the Black Wall Street, I said, I wanted to start off in Raleigh-Durham. There were 45 black millionaires in that focus group in Raleigh-Durham. I had three focus groups here in Atlanta. I had a huge, Willie, a huge focus group in Washington, D.C. There were more than 100 black millionaires in that room in Washington, D.C., Bob Johnson, the founder of BET, was yep. in that room. Carla Harris, the most powerful black woman on Wall Street, was in that room. And then I went from uh, Washington, D.C. to Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, and then from Omaha, Nebraska, I had a small focus group out in L.A. with just black females. All right, so I had the focus group, I had the survey, and then I had one-on-one, 50 to 60 interviews one-on-one. But, Willie, when I started out, I said, I don't want any athletes. I don't want any entertainers. I want folks that you would just pass on the street, didn't give them, wouldn't give them the time of day, but we never knew that they were seven figures. But, obviously, there were some folks who I had to include. So I had to include Steve Harvey. I spent a day with uh, um, Kirk Franklin. I spent two days with Kathy Hughes, one of the seven black billionaires and the like. I say all that to say this, a seven-year study, and I found seven laws of wealth all right. that these African-American men and women, if they don't use every day, they certainly do it weekly as the starting point and the center point of their financial well-being and their life. Top of the list, all you need to know, wealth begins in the mind but ends in the purse. Mm. You do that. You make that one change to develop a wealth consciousness. You are on your way. You are on your way. From there, law number two, decide that you will not be poor. And so many of these individuals, I mean, to, when you look at the, the average family, okay, the average household income of a black millionaire it was only ten to $12,000 a year. I mean, the majority of them lived in the Northeast. Uh, if they didn't live here in the South, um, it came from two-parent households. The mother, nine times out of ten, did not work. But the household income was less than $15,000 a year. So what am I saying? These individuals are self-made, but they made, you know, they made the decision that poverty would have no place in their life. Right. I love the story of uh, Victor McFarlane. 
Uh, he was one, and right now you have seven black billionaires, but he was on his way to becoming a billionaire but couldn't hold it because of the old 708 recession. Yes. And he was raised by a single parent and, you know, and, uh, in so- southeastern Ohio, and um, mother had a one-bedroom apartment, and they had a couch in there that they opened up, and Victor Franklin, Victor McFarlane and his sister slept on the couch for the first 12 years of his life. Wow. When he shared that story with me, I said, man, that had to be rough. It had to be tough. And he said, nope, no pity party for me because sleeping on that couch every night, I made the conscious decision that I wasn't going to be broke. I wasn't going to be poor. What we discovered and what we talked about prior to, um, you know, me getting into the wealth choice, we talked about, you know, finding your area of excellence and believing in yourself when no one else will. Mm. That came front and center the two days that I spent with Kathy Hughes. I mean, when she bought her first radio station, she slept on the floor for more than a year in that radio station. She and her son, she was raising a son at the time, ate off a hot plate in that radio station. The fourth law, to thy own self, be true, finding your area of excellence. Finding the number one reason why you've been placed on the planet. What does the Bible say, Willie? The Bible says, complete thy noble task. Right. Well, you can't complete a noble task if you don't have a goal. You know, when you read the first 30 pages of Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice, and the first 30 pages of the original Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill says, there is a secret in this book, and the day that you find this secret, I want you to get yourself a bottle of champagne, best champagne money to buy, and have a toast. Yes. Because you will be well on your way. And what is he talking about? And in actuality, he's talking about finding your area of excellence. What do you love to do? What do you have a passion for? What can you throw your whole heart and soul into? What comes easy to you but difficult to somebody else? We already talked about this. The fifth law, how may I serve thee? Mm. Willie, people will make you rich. People will make you poor, depending on your level of service. Mm. The poor keep score by cars and clothes. The middle class keeps score by degrees and titles. But the wealthy keep score by their bank account. That's right. The sixth law, thou shalt be in business for thyself. And the biggest mistake you will ever make in life is to think that somebody else signs your paycheck. No, you are CEO of your life. And then last but not least, make your money grow. It's not what you earn. It's what you keep. It's not, you know, it's not liabilities, it's your assets. All the difference in the world. <laughs> man. Quick and dirty. Oh, man, that's so, that's so profoundly impactful to me, just to remind me why I'm doing it. This, this is, again, reminding me why I do what I do and why I stayed on target and why I stayed on purpose, on purpose. I'm on purpose on purpose, okay? I like that <laughs> one. I'm on purpose on purpose because... To, to, to thine own self be true. You got to set your goals. You got to know what you, what brings you uh, joy. And you got to know where your specialty of excellence. You said something one time, find your, um, your area dominance and, and exploit it and mastermind, uh, mas- uh, maximize it. You said, uh, uh, if Shaquille O'Neal, imagine he's seven foot and, and did not take advantage of his area of excellence that God had mm-hmm. gifted him with. Uh, something to that effect. That's somehow you 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 quoted it. But what uh, it's so profound. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's biblical. You know, when he tells the story about the talents, here's a, here's a servant who took his talents and buried them. And the question is, what did you do with your talent? What did you do? What did you do with your gift? And see, you use the sports metaphor, you know, home field advantage. Well, we all have home field advantage. When you're doing what you've been sent here to do, that's your home field advantage. Feed him the ball. He can't be stopped. He's unconscious. He can't miss today. That's a big difference. That's a great metaphor for life. And all the great and all the influential and all the powerful and all the game changers, they use it. Wow. That's, they use it. That's it. That's it. Uh, we got a minute or so left in the interview. Uh, where can people reach Dr. Dennis Kimbrough? Where can they, they can get be, his books? I'm, uh, I'm online, www.denniskimbrough.com. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, if you want to talk to me one-on-one, you can call me here at CAU School of Business. Been here for more than 20, 22, 23, 20, That amazes me, years. by the way. Let me tell you what. This is one of the great icons in uh, self-help industry, one of the great icons. He had decided years ago, I love teaching. I love teaching. I love developing new minds. Oh, he could, he could be out doing numerous things, but he decided to spend time growing the minds of young people. Not only myself, my son has gone to visit him and sit in his office and be, be schooled by him, so many of my friends. And he has dedicated himself to the principles and the purpose that he'd been blessed with. So I want you to go to DennisKimbrough.com. I want you to get every book he got. I want you to get everything on there that he got. Get it? Not just because it will bless you, which it will. Not just because it will grow you, which it will, but because it will bless him and his family. Now, he got grown children, but I'm sure he's every penny now he got it going to them grandbabies. I know what... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got three of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm excited about Dennis Kimber. Any closing thoughts, Dennis, in the last 30 seconds? Uh, oh, man, Willie, like I said, believe in yourself when no one else will. You know, out of the heart flows the issues of life. There's a big difference between a desire and a burning desire. That burning desire is an inner candle, an inner flame that cannot be extinguished. You know, everybody is born with spiritual wings. And to all the listeners on this radio show and podcast, it's time for you to open up your wings and fly. Wow. Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, my, my brother. Thank y'all, Dennis. Thank you. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, I want you to go to willyjolly.com slash gift. willyjolly.com slash gift. Get the free gift of ebooks, audios, videos, music that we just want to bless others. willyjolly.com slash gift. And get the book, attitudeofexcellence.com for everybody on your team. And then for those who want to grow their marriage success, we're on a mission to save a million marriages. Go to Jolly Marriage and check us out on Monday nights, 9 o'clock, Facebook Live, and we'll be making sure we address some of your concerns if you send us a, a question. Again, I want to thank you. I want to thank Dennis Kimbrough, and I want to say for sure, your best is yet to come. God bless you. Are you tired of crying and complaining? Tired of feeling like life don't treat you fair? Do you see so many Others moving on, are you steady going nowhere? Have you maybe come to the conclusion that there's nothing at all that you can do? Well, just look.
podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.